Welcome to the Practical Growth Podcast. I'm your host, E.B. Johnson, top writer on Medium.com, published author, and master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming. You've landed on the podcast that takes you on a journey into the heart of relationships and self-discovery. This is a must listen for those who are ready to overcome their toxic relationships and their toxic patterns. You can expect real talk, practical guidance, and raw and relatable guests that you'll be talking about for weeks. Let's get into it. Hello, hello again, and welcome back to an all new episode of the Practical Growth Podcast. Today is a much requested episode. Um, This topic, whenever I talk about this on Instagram or on TikTok or in my articles on Medium or even with my clients, I always get a lot of excitement and a lot of great feedback. And that is because today we are going to be talking about the five love languages. Yes, the five love languages. What are they? What they really mean and what they really look like? in our relationships. And we're going to talk about some of the benefits, how they kind of play out and how we can handle them in regards to our own partnerships and the connections that we're building. Before we jump in, though, I'm just going to remind you that applications are about to close for my eight week private NLP coaching program. This program allows you to tap into your divine rage so that you can cut ties with a toxic and abusive past in relationships that are haunting you. This is a limited program and it is not for everyone. This eight week course sees you working one on one with me and it's intense and it's created for those who are ready to shift their consciousness, their empathy, their emotional intelligence into that 5D level of thinking. This is an NLP program. So it's going to reprogram your thinking so that you can create new behavioral models for yourself. And these allow you to manifest a life that's filled with more peace, with self-justice and greater personal power. So if you're getting out of some bad relationships or you're trying to overcome narcissistic abuse, this is a great program that's been designed specifically for you. There's only a couple spots that are going to be opening up. So if you'd like to apply, head over to therealebjohnson.com. So the five love languages, what are we talking about here when we say the five love languages? There's probably some of you listening who have never heard this term before. And then there's probably a good deal of a good number of you who are going to listen to this and think, yeah, I've been trying to figure this out for years. Like, am I a affirmation person? Am I a gifts person? We're going to clear all of that up in this episode. Fundamentally, the five love languages are five core ways that we connect, build trust, and communicate with one another in a relationship. And the five love languages are essentially this. Um, first, you have acts of service, okay? You, you do nice things for your partner. Maybe you put gas in their car for them or you do the dishes before they come home on a stressful day of work. Um, there's words of affirmation. That's number two. Saying nice things, telling your partner that you love them, that they're beautiful, that they're wanted, that they're needed, that they're valued verbally with your words. Um, and physical touch, number three. And physical touch is showing your partner physical interest, right? Kissing, hugging, sexual intimacy. And number four, we have receiving gifts or gift giving, right? Some partners feel their validation when they receive some kind of a gift, when something is given to them that is considered valuable or needed. 
And then number five, there's quality time. Okay, it's the final love language, quality time, spending time together, uh, one-on-one time together. Pretty self-explanatory, right? Wrong. (laughs) You would be astounded at the amount of confusion that people get over these love languages. And a lot of that confusion comes from this idea that we formed somewhere along the line that each of us only has one primary love language. There's one main way that we connect with our other half. And frankly, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, For those of you who've been banging your heads against the wall going, oh, I get words of affirmation, but I'm still miserable. Yeah, you're not a one-dimensional creature, right? Human beings are complex. We are complex. We have complex brains, okay, that we still don't fully understand. We have complex emotional needs, mental needs, physical needs. There are so many layers to keeping a human being stimulated, interested, feeling plugged in and needed and valued, which is what a lot of us want. So there's not just one love language for each person. We all have a combination of these love languages that allow us to feel completely plugged in to our partners. So yeah, you might primarily feel love through acts of service, but you're still going to want that physical touch from your partner, especially if you're in a romantic relationship. You're still going to want quality time, right? Because you don't want to spend all of your time with only other people, right? So that's still important. And you still want that person to tell you that they love you verbally, okay? Because that's another level. So just there, that's four love languages. We all have multiple love languages that we use, and these will change over time. They'll fluctuate. They will ebb and flow with the natural ebb and flow of our relationships. And the more open-minded we can be about these love languages, the easier it is to kind of engage with them, practice them on ourselves and in our relationships. And that also allows us to see how they actually work in these relationships. Now, I've already given you a very kind of broad overview of the five love languages, but just like us, these love languages are a bit more complex than just saying nice things, doing nice things, giving nice things, spending time together, okay? And when we understand the kind of different layers and levels to these actions, it makes it easier for us to apply them. And it makes it easier for us to break down what we really need and what we really want from our partner. So let's just start with acts of service. That's a big one. Um, Generally, we think of this acts of service as just a matter of like, just do a nice thing every once in a while. But it's a bit deeper than that. If someone has a need for these acts of service in a relationship, it's more about demonstrating to them that you're thinking about them when they're not present. And what that demonstrates is that you genuinely have a vested interest in how they are experiencing their life. That is to say, you understand what it means to be uncomfortable and you don't want them to have a harder life or a more uncomfortable life than they have to have. So just out of spontaneous desire for them to have a nice life, you do a really caring thing for them. And that is where the you know, taking the car out in the morning, filling it up with gas, bringing it back before your partner has to go to work, cooking dinner. If your partner's had a bad day, 
and it's all ready for them when they come home or going to meet them at the train station. There's all these little tiny acts which don't really necessarily cost you a fortune, right? You don't have to do a grandiose trip to the Bahamas, okay? That's not one of these acts of service. It's It's got to be a helpful action that improves the quality of their life because you empathize with them. Words of affirmation. This one's a very funny one. And whenever I talk about this one with my clients, my coaching clients, or I kind of write about it, I always think of this reality TV character, Vicki Gunvalson. And she always goes around saying, I need words of affirmation. I need words of affirmation. I need words of affirmation. I need someone to leave me a card every day. I want a card every day. And she ended up being in a very toxic relationship. And one of the ways in which this toxic person was able to swindle her was by giving her a greeting card every day, just a literal greeting card that already had printed on it. I love you. And he just had to sign his name. This understanding of words of affirmation is why she ended up disappointed, right? She thought that words of affirmation means literally someone just telling her, I love you, every day would be enough. It's not. And words of affirmation is also not just hearing I love you, or you're nice, or you're pretty, or I want you, or whatever it is. Words of affirmation is actually foundationally a need for regular, deep, honest communication. So it's sitting down in the mornings to have deep chats over coffee or making time for each other each week to explore what's going on in one another's lives. Words of affirmation is a need for constant, honest communication. You can't just leave nice notes and say you love them. The partner that has this love language craves regular connection with you, verbally reaffirming one another. Physical touch. Now, buckle up here, Buttercup, because I have a lot to say about this one. Physical touch, even when you talk to some relationship experts, they always just boil it down to the same like intimate connection. And I hate to break it to you, but if you only see physical touch in your relationship as being equivalent to sex, you're going to end up with distant, resentful partners who get bored and push you away period. Physical touch as a love language is not only sexual. Inherently, it must also be platonic and appreciative in nature. If you only use physical touch with your partner when you want sex from them, eventually that person who is always solicited ends up feeling like they're being solicited, right? That they're only physically connecting to you for one thing. And so maybe they're only good for one thing. It's very important that physical touch is also used in a safe platonic way just to say, I appreciate you. I value you. I love you. It doesn't always have to be, I want to get you into the bedroom immediately right now, yesterday, the second. So if this is really important to you or it's important to your partner, Don't just make physical touch sexual touch. Hand-holding, pats on the shoulder, you know, just chill, loving, friendly hugs. Simple things like this can fulfill that need for physical touch. And then you balance it with the intimate sexual touch as well. Receiving gifts. Receiving gifts. I cannot really count the number of 
readers and clients that I've had who complained about this one, that they had a partner who claimed this love language in order to maybe manipulate a relationship or kind of take advantage of one or more of the partners. Um, But that's because, again, a total misconception of what gift receiving, what gift giving and the whole meaning behind it is. Um, For those who genuinely have this as a part of their form of connection, um, it's more about providing a spontaneous display of care. But deeper than that, it's um, it's a it's a kind of form of care that is knowledgeable, that you've reflected, that you listen to them, that you're really paying attention to the things they need or the things that they value. You provide them with something that holds meaning. And that's really what the receiving gifts is about. It goes back to that kind of spontaneous display of I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about your experience. And I thought that this is something that would bring you joy. And because I love you, I want you to experience that joy. And that doesn't have to break the bank. It genuinely doesn't. You can make these gifts. They can be simple gifts. They just need to be thoughtful and they need to be timely. Last but not least, quality time. Quality time. Um, You will definitely know a couple who say that they spend quality time together, and they probably do, um, but who hate each other and who hate spending time together. And here's why. Um, Quality time isn't just sitting together every single morning for the same coffee and then thinking that that's going to be enough or having the exact same Friday night date night over and over and over and over and over again, like Groundhog's Day, right? That's just, that's not how it works. Uh, The quality time love language is more about creating shared memories and experiences together. And these should be happy. Um, They should be passionate. And what these do is serve as the glue that helps to keep you together when life gets especially challenging, you can look back and be like, oh, I remember how we felt in those times, in those moments, how we were when we were being honest and connected and yada, 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 yada. So quality time needs to have a bit of spontaneity to it. And it needs to be about keeping your relationship fresh, keeping you engaged in one another and engaged in your lives. You should be exploring interests together expanding your world, expanding your view together. That is what quality time is. It's one-on-one experiencing the world and each other on a regular basis. So what does this mean for our relationships then? What, what is all this about? How can we apply this? How can these love languages interact? Um, I, I like to think of it like this. Identifying your different love languages, it's almost like entry-level needs identification. It's not really enough to fully get the full picture of what you need or want from a partner because that's also about like how you want to feel and also has to include things like boundaries and, you know, off-limits topics and core values. But figuring out maybe your prioritized list of love languages, it's a great start to open the door on a conversation with a partner, to give them some surface level needs. Like I like to talk a lot. I like to have regular experiences together. And then you give them the chance 
to reply with, I also enjoy these things, and then you can go deeper. A relationship is way bigger than just your love languages, okay? Overall, relationship is a life that's built together, shared together. And in order for it to work, you have to go through the good and the bad and far more complex instances than like whose words of affirmation is it today? Okay. Treat these love languages as what they really are. It's just a starting place in recognizing what your core relationship values are. And when you're honest about that, you can start attracting partners who are more aligned to the same needs, values, goals in their own lives. I'll just leave you with this. We all have different love languages. Remember that. And these love languages shift throughout our lives. So don't take them too seriously. Don't beat your head against the wall. Just be mindful of them. Be present in your body, in your mind, and what's going on in your relationship. Be aware of all your needs and communicate those at every single level of your relationship, at every single turning point in your relationship. Don't bury stuff. Your relationship needs emotional integrity to survive. So be honest. Stand in that integrity in every single romantic connection that you make. Even the ones that are on a superficial level. If you live in this honesty and this truth when you're building relationships, easy days. Your love languages will naturally unfurl themselves and your connection will build stronger and stronger over time. So that's the five love languages episode. Hopefully you found something in there that was inspiring or insightful, something that can point you in the right direction as you build on your path to finding that other person who's the mirror that you've been looking for all along. If you loved the episode, why not leave a quick five-star review on Apple Podcasts? If you do, and you take a screenshot of it, I will give you one of my eBooks totally free. You can take your pick. Um, just head over to the real ebjohnson.com slash shop. Let me know what ebook you want and send me a screenshot of your review once it's live on Apple. Boom, you're in. Nothing better than free, right? So just head over to Apple Podcasts, find this podcast, leave a five star review, and you've got a free ebook. Nothing simpler than that. As always, I am so grateful. Thank you to everyone. I know there's a lot of my readers that listen, and I know that all of my clients like to listen in. So I just want to thank you all for your support. We will be back next week with a pretty cool episode. Not, not going to lie, I'm pretty excited about this one. It's going to be totally, totally different. So make sure you tune in. Until then, keep moving forward. Bye-bye.